<laughs> yeah, dude, it's you. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> what up? What up? This is the last week out. Last week out podcast. Like to give a quick quick shout out to our sponsors. If you like that intro, follow at Devin J Hancock. All the artwork you see all around here is done by Sissy Art. Beautiful, beautiful art pieces. All the flyers for last week out. Mm -hmm. All the flyers for last week out. Pretty much everything that we have artistically related mm -hmm. is through Sissy Art. We'd also like to give a shout out to Butt Out. Uh, Dang it, Butt. Good big butt. Got a big butt. Uh, <laughs> pretty much, uh, you know, they're our new sponsor over here. Um, for anything that you need, whether it's vaping hardware, juice, etc., they got two stores here in the valley. Um, if you go online, you go to buttoutesigs.com. Mm. Use the promo code last week out and get twenty percent off your entire order, no matter Whoa. what. Wait, twenty? That's a good two zero percent off your entire wow. order. Not just two. Not just two. Holy shit! Yeah, and that's literally whatever you get. It doesn't matter what you buy. You get twenty percent off. It's great. It's great. What? 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 <laughs> now you gotta do intros <laughs> who's all in the room so yeah we got big daddy Sla big daddy slack on the sticks mm -hmm. hello big daddy we got anthony tatum the captain oh. and then we have our guest <laughs> the captain keeps the one, switching every week the goddamn only Lauren Smith. Mm. Woo! Can we get a round of applause for her, David? Make her I love it when you wear these lilac panties. <laughs> Damn. Right. How did you know? One, well, and who are you? My name is Nick. Yeah. Uh, what's up? What up, Nick? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just subbing in for the day. Uh, Chad's out of town, so he's doing a whole bunch of weird stuff. I don't really know what's going on with that. Oh. No one knows where Chad is, man. No one ever knows. Yeah. But we've had Nick here a couple of times. Yeah. We're always blessed to have him. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Super happy to have you, Lauren. Super excited to see you here and hear, you know, your story and, you know, everything that you bring to the world. Because you're a great person. <laughs> I'm a great person. Yeah. yeah. Great person. Yeah, great, great person. Great purple. No, seriously, thank you for coming on. Uh, we are really excited to do a podcast with you. I was telling you before the show, uh, the best way to kind of start it up is to ask a couple of questions about where you come from. And so, were you born in Arizona? Are you a Arizona native? No, I'm from the Midwest. What part of the Midwest? Well, it's a podunk town okay. called uh, Marseilles. So usually I tell people I'm from Chicago, but it's actually like two hours south of Chicago. And all we really had was like a Burger King and a post office and railroad tracks. How big was your school? Do you remember? Probably. My elementary school was probably, there was like four classes with like 20 kids. Oh my God. Well, per grade, so. Okay, but they did separate them by grades because I hear sometimes in those small towns, they'll put them all together. No, it wasn't that small. Okay. But it was small enough that like, you know, every other house probably had a child molester, you know. Jesus Christ. It was like, the, it was just like the Midwest, just bigots and. Bigots and chomos. Yeah, maybe I went. Far. Maybe you're <laughs> embellishing a little bit. No, every, every, well, as memory as memory presumes. Uh, why I say that is because my mom, you remember when that website came out where you could look up predators around you? Right. I know what you're talking about. And there was a lot. <laughs> In that little small town. There really was. Marseilles. Yeah. Marseilles, yeah. Illinois. I did that in my own neighborhood probably like a year and a half ago. And there was, within 10 miles of me, there was like over 15 or 20 dots yeah on the map yeah i always insane. feel real uncomfortable really they like that. 
they send you those flyers and I read them, but I haven't been on the website with my new neighborhood. Maybe I'll check that out. Don't do it. Yeah, I probably should. Just live in ignorance. I'm it's about fine. to have a baby, too. I was about too. to say, yeah. I'll be real careful moving forward. So you grew up in Marcel's. Did you have any siblings? Yeah, I had two half-sisters. Um, my mom was kind of really codependent and uh you know she she, my my dad was a a cokehead and he wasn't really around and then she remarried to another guy Mm -hmm. and then that's how you got your half sisters those two sisters are they older than you they're younger younger they're theirs how old were you when she remarried six six so you grew up with them i did grow up with them yeah there was like a big there's a big gap in age and everything but so wait if you were six how old were they like zero yeah so they got married and then they had the kids oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. got it got it got it okay I, that makes sense to me i guess that would have been step those would have been stepsisters oh, they, they so would you, have been? well if if they would have been coming into the family and not been half your mom i sometimes oh, get that mixed up those yeah. would have been your yeah, stepsisters yeah. but those are your half sisters that makes sense so how long were they together when they were born. So are you like 10 years older than them? I, I was six when they came in. So, I mean, there wasn't like a huge age gap, but there was just like a really big difference between like the way that we grew up. So I don't, it's not like I don't consider them my sisters, but we just had like very different lives, yeah. you know? And sometimes you could relate that to like an age thing, but it really wasn't. It was more like they were raised by, my stepdad's name is Joe, Joe and my mom, and then I was kind of like the reject child. <laughs> that's how you felt. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. That's how it was. That's Why is that? that was reality. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you guys, did you stay in Marseilles for a long time? Yeah, we stayed in Marseille. Well, I mean, that's the longest that I ever lived anywhere because I, I mean, I've gone to like 12 different schools. Holy so shit, why? They just moved a lot. I think just always looking for something better, you know? And, you know, we stayed there for about three years and it was honestly probably the worst three years of my entire life. Like, like even just talking about it now, um, I kind of like think of that house and it's, it's just like, there was a lot of abuse. There was a lot of mistreatment. There was a lot of really weird things going on. And like, I picture that house, you know, and I'm, I'm doing the EMDR on it now. Um, but I, I kind of like live in that house in those therapy sessions. And like, even just, just bringing it up, I like kind of go back to that place and just talking about Marseilles or saying it kind of like stirs everything up because it's like, it was just really dark. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, it, and I'll go as deep as you'll let me on this one, but was it your stepdad that was the abuser? Yeah, he was really abusive, um, and it was in, like, really weird ways. So he wasn't, I mean, he would kind of, like, hit me and throw me around, but it, most of it was, like, this kind of psychological, um, just kind of sick. Yeah. Like, sick, yeah. And that's why you kind of call your mama codependent, because she would stick around guys that would do that kind of stuff is she still with him yeah they're still married that's probably the hardest part because they live they live close to me and and every time that i go like i'll go out you know to go see them and his truck's in the driveway and i'm like you know i'm working through all this in emdr and i'm like fuck you know do they live out here Mm-hmm. fuck yes. yeah so christmas is never fun 
it's just like there's always this like gloom cloud over it like i'm like i know what happened yeah when i was a kid and you guys know what happened but we're not really going to talk about it you know what i mean and it was really fucked up but we're just going to have like this happy christmas you know you know sometimes in these dynamics i when i hear about them sometimes some of the siblings have a different perception are you the sibling who's like this is fucked and do the other siblings are like no no lauren you don't that's not what it was like or are they all kind of on board with like this family is a shit show yeah it's funny because i've actually talked to them recently about it and my sister so they're they're 17 and 18 now and one is a lot older um than she was like obviously when that stuff was going on but like she she was like, Lauren, like, it was really bad for you. Like, he treated you really bad. And we've had much different lives. And just to, like, hear that validated yeah. was so powerful. Because I, I think, like, when when somebody who's, who's been abused or has, who has, like, PTSD or been through stuff like that, like, the best thing that you can do is tell them, yes, this happened. Mm-hmm. And it was messed up. And the way that you feel is an appropriate reaction to that. You know what I mean? Because then if nobody ever does that you always kind of feel like well am i being dramatic right no and so for like my sister to to say that and and tell me like yeah that it it was awful and you definitely got treated differently i was like thank you yeah no shit you know absolutely and so when you see him do you just kind of abstain from conversation or have you come to the point where you have you ever acknowledged it or talked to him about the whole situation yeah so he he the the girls are moving out my sisters are moving out Mm -hmm. right and so like this is a man that that has probably also been abused he's mentioned some things but this is a man that that was very scared and very sick for a very long time Mm -hmm. and his his girls you know what i mean i I don't consider myself like one like those are his girls you know and like i've come to terms with that and i'm working through that and that's fine but they're leaving now you know and it's still much different lives like my my older sister she's being they're paying her to you know go to school she has like a full ride rent everything you know what i mean and i'm like the other week i asked them for some money like hey my therapy is six hundred dollars a month i have ptsd um, that I've been diagnosed with and also panic disorder. So if you could help, like that would be great, mm-hmm. you know? And they said no. And so it's still going on, you know? But what's happening is my sisters are moving out and they're moving on. And so there's this man that's lived this life for so long. And, and I believe that his hell is beginning, yeah. you know, because you don't, he doesn't have anything. My mom's also started some recovery, which is awesome. She's going to therapy and she stopped taking his shit. The girls are gone. I'm a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Complete, like I have self-worth now. Like I'm not, you know, he told me a lot of things like, like you're an idiot. I heard a lot of you're an idiot. You're disgusting. What's wrong with you? Um, it was a lot of that kind of thing. Like, like just you're defective. You're a defective person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's not true anymore, but right. for a long time, of course, I believed that. Yeah, you know? fuck yeah. I'd walk around, what's wrong with me? I don't belong here. Well, and as a parental you know? figure, I remember my first stepdad was a very unstable human being, and he had two sons and a daughter that I grew up with. Those are my step-siblings, though. And um, it was crazy. My mom left him when we were 11, and I saw him, God, I was probably... I was probably 19 or 20 years old when I saw him again. And I just remember seeing him and I remembered him being fucking huge. 
you know? Like in my mind, he was so powerful and huge and I hadn't seen him for a long time. And this maybe is like more of a primal guy thing. I don't know because I, I kind of look at the world with like uh, a skewed perspective sometimes on like, you know, this person can't hurt me anymore. You know, and I don't know if that's kind of the way that you feel now, but I remember seeing him again and he was sick. He was really sick. He got cancer, um, but he wasn't like in a hospital. He was still working. But I remember just thinking like, fuck, I used to think like you were so powerful. And now, you know, I, I, I can kind of um, compartmentalize it to being kind of like what you said. This is a sick person. Maybe his hell's beginning. I don't know if I wish that on him. And for you talking about... Um, your perspective on him now and like where your mom's getting healthy like do you see a potentiality for you guys to ever overcome that like is there a reality where he could ever rectify what he's done in your mind i mean he can try but i've spent a lot of years saying oh he he did the best that he could he didn't know any better and i'm in this period now where i'm angry and i've never been angry Mm -hmm. and i don't want his hell to begin either but it's just like it's the reality because everything is gone now in his old ways they're not working anymore you know and so he's forced to confront that and like i don't I don't wish anything bad about him, but but basically, like, I think it was, like, a couple months ago, he broke down about how he was molested as a kid, and, like, you know, we all kind of knew that, like, what's happened to you, you know, you're kind of awful. Yeah. Um. So, he kind of broke down about that, and I don't really know what his angle was, I guess, just trying to open up, and, like, but at this point, because I'm going through this anger, I'm like... Get fucked, dude. Kinda, yeah. Like well, I've I've been making excuses for him so, for so long. You have a and and I don't mean to steal this announcement from you, but you have a kid now, and I think the longer that I've um, been healthy and in recovery, because I consider myself to be that, is I kind of can look back on people who have done things like that or acted that way, and for. A while I think I kind of went through like I'm trying to have compassion but now looking at like the kids and the babies in my life I'm just like how the fuck could a person do that yeah. you know do you think I'll go maybe- as deep as you'll let me <laughs> 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 do you feel like maybe having your kid too as like shaking a new perspective in you to like feeling like this wasn't fair or anything like that do you feel like that had an impact at all yeah, absolutely. A lot of the anger stems from that because of the. His name's Jack, and he's five, and he's adorable. He is adorable. He's so cute. He's so and, great. And he's so cute. <laughs> and and like I do all this stuff for him, right? Like he he gets these big birthday parties. Mm-hmm. I didn't have, I didn't have birthday parties, you right. know. And he gets a room, and I decorate it. You know, there's like Christmas lights, and he has this slide with a a bed with a slide you mm-hmm. know and it's just like it's dope he has a bunch of friends and he's so loved and even if i get mad at him i'm like hey jack like i'm i'm really sorry that i yelled at you like even though i'm frustrated mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with you and i do love you i'm just frustrated you know and i make it very clear to him that this doesn't mean that he's defective or broken. And you know what? He was in timeout a few weeks ago, and he was. I was like, Jack, you got to take a timeout. You know, he was kind of like going crazy, and and not as a punishment, just like please breathe. And he was like, Man, he was like, Mom, my my head is so mean. And I was just like, Oh no, already, <laughs> already. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, Dude, what what's going on? You know? And he's like, It's just really mean. It says a bad word. 
And I was like, what's the bad word? And he's like, I can't say it. No, I can't say it. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, you can you can say it. Just tell, tell mom what, what what's it saying, you know? Like, we can talk about it. And he was like, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I was like waiting. I was like, well, how bad is <laughs> this too. word going to be? I was like, it's got to be a terrible. Yeah, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, stupid. And I was like, honey, you got to take that. And I was like, listen, all day, every day, my head tells me, what if I lose my job? What if we get kicked out of this apartment? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what you got to tell it? You say, shut up, head. Mm-hmm. You know? And he just started laughing and like, I don't know. I have the tools to do this stuff, though, and they didn't. Um, but again, that's something that like I've been weighing for a long time. Right. And I'm kind of like, you know what? You're kind of fucked off. And Mm -hmm. it's not my responsibility to make you feel better, establish a relationship or make sure you're okay. Like, it's just not mine. And like, whatever you're about to go through is on you. Yeah. Like maybe get better, but we don't have to get better together. And hopefully he can have that experience somewhere else, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, I want him to be happy and free of all of this. Every human deserves that. But... I don't think I'm going to be as big of a part of it as I always thought that I was unless he invites that in. I'm not going to seek it out anymore. I understand what you're saying. Well, where do you learn to be a good parent then? I learned to be a good... I'm in recovery too. So Mm -hmm. I have seven years sober actually and I have no idea how. But (laughs) So the second that I, I... I left, I turned 18 and I got the fuck out of that house. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And straight into like this weird Craigslist guy's house. I actually (laughs) saw an ad on Craigslist and it said free alcohol and free rent. That sounds like a dream. Exactly. Sign me up. Paradise. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, I was like, what's up? You know, I got my trash bags and I got my things and I'm living on my own. Um, and that all quickly declined and I didn't go back home, but I landed face first, you mm-hmm. know, and I don't know. I just got out of there as soon as I could. Yeah. Well, so you lived with him and then you get into recovery. Is that where you learn to be a good parent? Oh yeah. That's where I was. Okay. Yeah. But th- these people in AA in the program have taught me how to be a parent. What age were you when you got sober? 18. Oh, holy shit. Mm-hmm. So wait, wait, wait. You moved out into the free alcohol, free rent place, and then you just got sober? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were 17, 18 when you moved in there, right? Yeah, so I got... It was a rough it, one year. It, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't like... Like, I was never, like, at parties and, like... Uh, you know, there was no like party period. There wasn't like, I'm going to go to EDC and I'm going to go to this show. It was oh, like, no glam and glitz. No, it was, it was, I'm going to smoke weed. Okay. I'm going to smoke weed every day. I'm going to get prescribed Adderall. I'm going to take nine of those. And then at 16, I'm going to smoke crack on a mattress, you know, with stupid four guys. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to go on the whole time, isn't it? That's a great job. Yeah, it is. Stupid. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and then so yeah, I end up at Craigslist guy's house Mm -hmm. and he very obviously to me now wanted more than a free roommate. Yeah, like a positive roommate. (laughs) I just need to be around someone positive. And no, he wanted to have sex with me, you know, and I remember thinking like, I'm going to really commit to this drug addict lifestyle. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was like, I probably need to be a prostitute, you know, like my brain was really broken, guys like really broken so like he didn't even want to have sex with me he wanted to like put me in high heels and like take me places oh wow Mm. and i'm like 
you can tell that I'm gay. Like, I don't think, I'm not, I'm not, I don't like dress like a bro, but like, I wasn't about to wear heels. Right. You know what I mean? But then one night I got like really drunk and I offered myself. I went in his bedroom and I was like, let's, you know, I really need to, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a prostitute and how else am I going to support myself? And I need sugar daddies and, mm -hmm. you know, and I knew that that was the only way to do it. So I was like, let's just kind of break the ice and then shortly after that I left and kind of made my way down to like the avenues of Phoenix which if if, every, if anyone doesn't know it's not yeah you don't want to go on the Ave side well 7th Ave 7th Ave can be okay but past 7th oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ave gets a little rough yeah yeah depending on where you are and so I just kind of like traveled down there and you know homeless mm. Well, yeah, I guess I was homeless, but I think like being female, there's like a different dynamic to drug addiction because it, it could be wrong, but like I always had a place to stay if I was willing to have sex with someone. Yeah. You know? Right, right. Well, and being young too, like and absolutely as a female, but I can remember when I was younger, you know, it's like when you're young, people are pretty forgiving. You know, mm -hmm. they're just like, oh yeah, you're cool. You can, you could got a place to crash. It's kind of like almost... Uh, you haven't burned all the bridges. Yeah, you know, I guess no, you haven't yeah. burned all the bridges, but then people still believe in you. You know what I mean? They're like, this doesn't mean he's a bad person. Now I'm 30 something and I'm like, I'm homeless. People are like, yeah, that's a product of a lot of bad decisions. So when yeah. you're younger, it kind of passes. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> so um, you learn to be a good parent in the rooms and that's fucking awesome. And so for you, um, what's going on with your relationship? Because you had even said just now, like, you can tell that you're gay or you don't wear heels while you have a kid. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about that. I was gonna, what happened Yeah, there? well, you, <laughs> made, you made a baby. We missed the mark a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, what happened? Yeah, I mean, so I got sober and I met a guy, a wonderful man. Like, mm -hmm. I've never said anything but, but good things about him. And we spent four years together. And, you know, me being gay was kind of like, I was the last one to the party, you know, News like to you. Yeah. And I don't know because I knew that I liked girls, but I never considered that that meant I might be gay. Did you know you liked girls really young? Um, yeah, I did. Well, I didn't know that that was liking them, though. Mm. Like, I didn't know that that was romantic feelings. I just like to stare at them a lot. Like, so I remember like the first girl mm. and her, her name was. Dessa and, and it was in the sixth grade and like we would you know I had like six hour science class with her and I would just stare at her mm. and I remember like she had this long blonde beautiful hair and she would like put her hand on her head in this way that just like I don't know and I just thought wow I really like her yeah you know and I didn't think like maybe I'm a lesbian <laughs> you know <laughs> it just didn't cross my mind well did you have that feeling about boys too no I never no no I've never seen, because you know when you love someone and they do the cute little things, uh -huh. and it's just like, I just love how you touch your eyebrow, like something like that. Yeah. And that's never, there's not that magic. I don't, you know, it's, and, and with, with Jack's dad, his, his name is, should I? Yeah. Okay. It's totally fine. Bryce. Yeah, Bryce. We all know Bryce. <laughs> oh, you do. Okay. okay, yeah. okay. Great guy. Absolutely yeah. Great guy. So we had we had an awesome relationship, mm -hmm. you know? Like he I I think platonic love is is just as amazing as as romantic love. You know what I mean? And I've had friends carry me through through things that a partner never would have been able to. Mm -hmm. You know, me and Bryce me and Bryce had that. Like 
Like he was my best friend and I love to hear everything about his day and my day and where we were going in life. And we always supported each other. You know, that it, it is love, you yeah. know? Um, and, and we you support their dreams and you show up for them and you you just do, you know, you're there for them. And, and, and I met him, he was like this young hippie guy and I was this young hippie girl and like it just made sense, you know? So I did it and I was excited about him, but I think I was excited about him because he was really cool. Yeah. And I wanted to be cool. And I also didn't know I was gay. Right. So. Well, that was. Love your... is like wetness dripping down a girl's thigh. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good drop. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, and so you guys <laughs> dated for a long time. And, and so for me, when I think about that, it's like, how long did you, how long did it take before you realized that this wasn't working? Because it's. You know, you guys are a team and, and honestly, everything that you were saying about how you felt about Bryce, I think is a necessary part of a long-term relationship. It's like, cause there's a lot more than the surface level lust or even the sexual side of it. Cause what, we're not gonna have that forever. You know, maybe we will, hopefully we will. But when you were talking about those little idiosyncrasies, like about the things that you see in someone you love, you said the way that they touch their eyebrows or the way they laugh or something like that, where you're like, that's, that's my human right there. That's something <laughs> I really like about them. Yeah. How long were you in that relationship not necessarily feeling maybe disingenuous, but before you knew like, oh shit, like I'm maybe not into this. It was about a year of, of knowing and trying to correct that. In you. Trying yes. to force it. Fix yeah. fix that inside me. <laughs> so prior to Bryce, were you in a relationship with any other people? Not really, but I was able to kind of put it all together, right? So like I would get really obsessed with girls and I'm also really codependent, which I think it's important to note that that liking, okay, so I thought I was just broken, okay. right? Like I'm like, okay, cause I've had like the child abuse, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. then like right after uh, Craigslist guy, like just to kind of backpedal a little bit, That's right? Fine. Okay, yeah, right after Craigslist guy, when I made it to the avenues. Let's just call him Craig. That's a great idea. Mm -hmm. so yeah, so right after Craig, I'm like traveling down to the avenues and I'm like, fuck, you know what I mean? I need to get sober and I'm kind of down there and I'm kind of, you know, just meandering around and I have no business down there. You mm -hmm. know, I'm 18, very skinny and have no idea what's coming to me. Do you I, have a pocket knife on you? No, I don't know the game. <laughs> I don't know the taser. rules of the game. <laughs> yeah. I don't know there is a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't fucking know how to play. Uh -huh. I just want to get high, uh -huh. you know? And I, I never had like my young heroin buddies. You know what I mean? It was like me and a much older gentleman giving me drugs, mm -hmm. you know? And so like one of the much older gentlemen left, you know what I mean? And then I'm just kind of on 27th Avenue in, in Van, no, Indian School. And like if anyone knows where that is, it's, it's there's like this Motel 6 there. Yeah, oh, and yeah. it's very, like it gets raided a lot. There's a lot of meth, um, prostitute. It's just not a great, it's not wholesome. No, it isn't. It's, it's not, not a, a place to stop with the family. <laughs> no. So I went there and I, I was like standing outside of the 7-Eleven, right? And I was like, man, I really need to get sober. I'm abandoned now. Mm -hmm. And I had like $11, right? And I got a banana and a pair of sunglasses because I was on meth. <laughs> and I was like, ah, okay. But I needed cigarettes too. Maybe I had a little bit more. And there's this guy that came walking up and he's like, what are you doing? 
And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, but can you buy me cigarettes? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I didn't have an ID, of course. And so he bought me a pack of cigarettes. And he's like, well, I'm not trying to be out here with all this dope in my pocket. <laughs> mm, that's a smooth pickup line. <laughs> like, oh, well, hey. well, sir. Well, me neither. <laughs> let, me, let me help you lighten that load. Let's go ahead and uh, yeah, we can take care of that real quick. So yeah, he he like lures me into a hotel room, and you know the rest is. I mean, so he it was it was a it was I was raped like pretty bad, you know. And it, at first it was like he was like, well, you need to take off your clothes because I want to make sure that you're not the cops. You know, I got to make sure you don't have any wires. You know, and I and I'm like, fuck, mm-hmm. oh, fuck. like I knew what was about to happen, you know. Yeah. And and I was actually too gross because I was technically homeless. So like he made me take a shower, and like I knew in the shower, I was like, I gotta get out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, and he didn't have any dope either. Oh, what the? It was fuck? a trick. Mm. It was a trick. It was. A I mean, dirty, all dirty of it's trick. fucking awful, but yeah. that too, no, right? At all. Just salt in the wound. I know. You're not even going to get me high first. Damn. Please, sir. No, no kidding. Have some fucking mercy. Yeah, a little bit of decency. About to sexually assault me. You can put drugs inside of me. You know what I mean? (laughs) I do. It is, you know? And and, uh, it turns out that he was a convict who was locked up for seven years, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, he hadn't gotten laid in seven years. He was an enormous man. And I was like, oh, my God fucking god like i it was it was terrifying and so i just kind of like i did what he said and then i started fighting and then that didn't work and then i remember this moment and i i don't talk about this a lot but when i do i like to share this moment because i had this moment i was like okay like what can stop this Mm -hmm. you know what i mean because he's like he's kind of going at it and i'm like i'm not comfortable and i don't like it and it hurts and i'm very young and he's very old and and he's sweaty and it's disgusting and i feel completely violated right you know and he's doing terrible things to me you know what i mean and, and it's it's you you have to like you have to like think of ways out of it and i thought of one way out of it with that i was sure would work mm-hmm. and so i stopped him right i stopped him and i was like you don't have to do this. And I was like, why? Why are you, do- you don't really have to do this. You know, and he, he just got a lot angrier and I kept going, I like gave him a hug. Like, so I thought, and this is, this you is just- You could appeal to his, his heart. His heart, yeah, okay. Yeah, and that's a perpetuation of what I experienced in childhood. You know what I mean? Like my stepdad, he would like, he would like hold me under the covers and like try to suffocate me or I'd have to like stare at light bulbs up on the ceiling like just weird 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 things and i also heard my stepdad he would i would lay in bed at night and this is all going to tie back to being gay because like this is why i thought i wasn't gay because of all of these awful experiences that i've had with men and i know that men aren't bad now they're not like not even a little you don't think (laughs) like uh, some of us in here maybe not like it like it used to be like all they want to do is hurt me and that's right. it. That's what they're here for. They're here to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So like, that's what this was, you know, and I would lay in bed at night. I'm like five years old in the dingy Marseilles house. By the way, I lived in like this weird closet room and the baby got this big ass room, which I'm just, I just realized that like recently and I'm kind of mad. I'm like, why did you put me like in? Harry Potter? It was yeah, like was a breezeway. About, oh God, you beat me to it. It was like a breezeway, like the front door. Like a mud room? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. What? Like an office slash mudroom that they put a t- it. It fit a twin bed and a, a dresser in it. But I was th- their their reasoning was they didn't want the baby to be the first point of entry to okay. the house. And I'm like, well, so you're gonna fucking put me there? Mm-hmm. I'm only five. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. You know, and I kind put of put the baby in your room. Damn it! Like, why didn't we share that room or something? You know what I mean? A hundred percent. You know, so anyway, so, you know, and I would lay in that bed, man, and I would hear, like, I, I, he would, like, hurt my mom at night. You know what I mean? He would sexually assault her, and I heard her. I heard her crying and begging him to stop. You know what I mean? And so this is all, like, this perpetuation of my childhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, like, all this, this is what I'm used to, so I'm going to act it out and live it out because it's all that I know. You know what I mean? And it, it's awful, but it's also comfortably awful Mm -hmm. you know and so and so like hearing that at night and i wasn't able to do anything about it and then being in that situation with the man who was raping me as an adult i did the same thing that i do as a kid which is like which is like i feel like i can give them like a change of heart Mm -hmm. you know yeah and i don't i don't think it works like that i think that when you have like an abuser someone who's really sick i think what happens is it makes them more angry because you're it's a mirror to them you're confronting them with themselves in a way you know i guess i don't know how to articulate it perfectly but it usually just makes them more mad you know fuck yeah no and i i get it like what you're saying is like really powerful i think to a healthy human being when you say that it's like i can appeal to something in them there's something good in there and if you can just muster that out maybe you can you know rectify or or kind of swing the table a little bit but that's obviously not sort of what transpired in that situation and you were kind of alluding to the fact that for you you being really self-aware or um, conscious of of yourself you thought for a while that your aversion to men was directly correlated to your trauma and that maybe some bit of fixing that trauma would rectify that am i right in understanding what you're saying yeah that's exactly what i'm saying so like going at that i'm like well i don't feel like i'm in love with this man that i had a baby with you know what i mean and we would we would have sex and everything and it was fine like you know what i mean it wasn't it was just i just kind of did it you know it it wasn't like i've had sex with females since then and it's like amazing (laughs) amazing (laughs) like it's awesome yeah you know and i agree yeah it's so much different it's so much different and it was just fine you know with it's like okay you know this is what my body's supposed to do you know and so yeah i just pretty much thought that um I couldn't love him because of everything that I had been through and that if I could fix that then I would be able to love him and I was obsessed with this idea and I I did a lot to carry that out oh shit that's super powerful I knew and we've actually needed to go to break for a little bit of time and I didn't want to stop you because it's so far super powerful stuff and, and it couldn't be stopped but at that thought um we're gonna take just a quick break and then we'll be right back Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, thank you. Yes. We will be back. Yes, thank you very much. Now we can breathe. Yes.
Yo, yo, yo. We are back. Mm-hmm. We are back with the wonderful Lauren Smith. Welcome back. Yeah, we took a little break. Our breaks are always good. We always uh, sit out. I feel like all the magic happens on break. I always say that. It's like we come back from break. It's like, shit, we should have recorded the break. That's that was when saucy. We missed all the good stuff. You just missed it all. Yeah, it's, uh, it really we, uh, we paralleled it to Jack Black's uh, greatest, what is it called? The uh, greatest song in the world. You know what I'm talking about? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that about? no one's ever heard. That no one's ever heard? Yeah. Are you talking about Bruce Springsteen? No, no. Jack Black, for sure, where he's like, I'm the greatest song Sound in the world. Soundbite's going to come in right now. And so it's like, you know, no one will ever know. But what happened out there was, you know, would have changed lives, you know. We could have really helped some people, but we just didn't record it. So you guys get the... Um, you get the redacted version in here. You get the watered down stuff. Much more appropriate. Much more appropriate for sure. I mean, yeah. I'm willing to go there. No, we're not. <laughs> I really want to talk about it. Yeah. I'll go Dang. as deep as you'll let me. <laughs> <laughs> so when we when we left, um, God, I want to remember exactly where we were, but you were talking about sort of your coming to the realization that the way that you feel about women, you can't make yourself feel about men and you talked about having a kid and sort of trying to want to fix that and i think that the best place to kind of come back to is for you when did that what was the precipice that you realized like this isn't going to work in the relationship you were in with bryce yeah so i think the biggest thing that i've identified is this this level of sacrifice that when you love someone you will do anything for them you will cross rivers and mountains and and all the songs that sing about that kind of stuff is true Mm -hmm. and that was actually a really big part of it like songs on the radio are never how i felt about men yeah you know it was always like some best friend that i i didn't really know i was in love with that I don't know, I was like, God, I do see the stars in her eyes. And then I'd be like, no, 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 think about your son's father, you know? And it's like, I remember I would like try, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna, and I did a lot of things to, to try and correct my gayness. Yeah. You know? I do. <laughs> so. well, we've learned, and but I think for me, and and we said this on break, you were saying some really powerful stuff about what you and Bryce had built and, and the foundation of love because you, you didn't minimize the fact that there was love there. You said there was love there and all this, and you did have some sacrifice though and, and you were talking about it. And for me, sometimes on the movies or I'll meet somebody who says something about the relationship and I, it doesn't, it's not that I'm, I don't believe them, but for me, it just hasn't been my experience in my relationship that it's always just been like a movie, you know? And maybe it's like, you know, in five years, me and my wife will be divorced and you'll be like, told ya, you know, you're supposed <laughs> to feel that way. I don't think you're saying that, but you know, what I come to find with my wife is the things that I love about her are those small moments, you know, that, you can't coordinate, you know, and and that's what you were saying was missing. You when you said the touch of the eyebrows and the things like that is that was really powerful to to me is like that's what I have for her. You know, there's these little things. And for you, you realize that that wasn't there with Bryce. No. No. Not at all. <laughs> no. And and 
you realized it in was it a day's notice or you worked into it like <laughs> edge towards it and then came to it or how did you have solace in the fact that it was never going to be there there was no working for it yeah so i had there was a lot of lists that i made like i had a lot of lists and i rated people on the list right so like this is one of the things that i did um and it was like okay, on a scale of one to 10, how much did I like each of these people in that special way? Which is, it's so hard to describe. You know, we spend like a lot of time trying to describe that in poetry and music and in mm. movies. And it's like, it's just this feeling that you would do anything for them. And it's almost, I think, worship in a way. And, mm -hmm. and you know, sometimes that can be healthy or unhealthy, but um, it just wasn't, it wasn't there. I didn't feel like I would move mountains for him mm -hmm. you know and i think that he deserved that and i think that i also deserved to experience giving that kind of love and so what it looked like a lot was just kind of like me falling in love with my friends and not really knowing what that was and thinking that i'm just traumatized and broken and you know it it, it doesn't have as much to do with with like the trauma and all of that stuff as i thought it's just it's like a fundamental part of me that you know, I look at women differently. They're really special and they're really beautiful. Um, and I don't think I've ever really looked at guys like that, you know? And so to try and fix that, basically like like what I did is I, I did a lot of praying and meditation um, and different stuff like that to kind of like pray the gay away, you know? So when when these thoughts started to become like more prevalent in your mind, like that you weren't that you weren't going to... <clears throat> excuse me cross you know cross rivers or move mountains or stuff like that like how did that make you feel were you sad were you I was just hurt? curious like I was really I was like why like what is going on like why don't I feel like that so like what that turned into is me forcing it like I remember he would lay there at night and I would I would like stare at him yeah you're to creepy. like try and like <laughs> bring that about yeah. you know like like I would stare at him or I'd listen to these songs on the radio and I'd be like okay you're gonna think about him you're gonna think about him. And I tried really hard for a long time. And I, I even tried to face some of my trauma. I went to therapy and I told him I was going to therapy for my trauma. And I was going to therapy to figure out- How to love Bryce. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. what it was. It, and it was like, how do I get rid of whatever's in the way of that? And Damn, then- Damn, dude, you're one song away <laughs> from just buying into that relationship. One justification. I know, I know. I get it though. No, I 100% get what you're saying. It's so relatable um, is is during these moments of just like uh, deep self-searching. Have you found that with a person yet though? Yeah, so I have found the magic, like that special piece. Sadly, it's it's been like me more kind of like scrambling to fill the role that jack's dad left behind you mm -hmm. know and like okay who's ready to be jack's mommy mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i'm just like i don't want to date i'm not i want someone to find the rest of my life to spend the rest of my life with and you know I, and, and it doesn't really work and that kind of spiraled into this whole codependency thing so i did have magic the sex was awesome mm -hmm. um i looked into their eyes i held their hands you know it was great it was oh, so man. cool it was so cool because i was like i actually get to be in a relationship with someone that i feel like this about okay and it was so cool but unfortunately it was just kind of empty because i'm, I'm just kind of searching for like a life partner that 
you know, I, I moved like a little bit too quickly, you mm-hmm. know, and it spiraled into this codependent thing. And um, right now I'm just kind of taking space to like process all of this. And I've also never been alone. So the last like month or so has really been about like, I'm not gonna date anyone. I'm just gonna reflect on my entire life pretty much, you know, everything that's happened and, and just kind of like review that. Cause I don't even know what I want in a partner. Cause when I came out, it was just like, if you're a girl, I like you mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> and especially if you want to be with me. Yeah. You know? Well, it's like you're now that you're out mm-hmm. and it's here. It's like, it's new exploration yeah. for you. It was fun. Yeah. yeah fuck Yeah, fun. dude. I bet it was fun. It was fun. I didn't meet anyone, any like tw- 20 to 30 year old lesbians that were like quite ready to like bake cookies and have Christmas Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is what I wanted but I'm sure she's out there you know I will be on the market in six months. <laughs> okay, yeah, no post it just, up. We'll make sure we tag our Instagram with what that. What month is that? Uh, right now, that would be, January. Like March. be January. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we're in July. Yeah, that's right. right. January. New year, yeah. new you. What if you meet a girl named January? Oh, shit. Hey, God don't damn make it. that face. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not a so in this exploration, have you started to like what has helped you as far as um, was th- has therapy been really helpful reading books like what what's done it? Because like right now I just read books that just tear my soul apart, mm. you know, and it's yeah. been really good for me yeah. um, to kind of question these dark crannies. Where have you seen the most growth for yourself? Like what activities are pushing the limit? You know, what's interesting is like a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Like my friends are a lot of people on podcasts and it's because they're these people that I haven't really met in real life. Like they've developed this, they have more knowledge than what I'm used to. They have more information, you Mm -hmm. know, and they're giving that to the world. And I I do think it's really awesome, you know, because I get to learn things that I never would have gotten to learn in normal conversation. So podcasts have really been a big part of it. Um, I'm doing Codependence Anonymous. What's that about? So, turns out yeah. that a lot of codependent people it can kind of like be traced back to their childhood you know there's like this aggressive neediness okay. you know that exists and so like we're kind of digging all of that up um in there and that's just kind of like helping me be more independent and to say no and to get out of things and stay out of them so that i can just have this period of time without like scrambling to try and fill the void like living in the void and it's why so why there is sometimes. a oh it's it's excruciating. I went to like this big conference last night and I had to pray on my knees twice to not respond to a text from my ex-girlfriend. And it was really hard because I love her. Yeah. But I know that I need this, you know? You also gave me a piggyback ride through a giant crowd. That was that fun. Was that was probably amazing. hard too. Amazing. <laughs> that she's, might have been a highlight. Surprisingly strong. Yeah. It was like I no effort so. for her, it seemed no, like. No, it was effort. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. it felt like it was no effort but i didn't want to stop yeah yeah because it was so fun yeah so, i mean yeah. so leaning in is that why you're on the the sabbatical is that why you're off the market till january mainly because could have been synonymous uh yeah they have like this detox period and i think it's not, not necessary for everyone but for me i'm like very anxious to find like i date to marry yeah like i'm not like oh let's enjoy the moment with this person it's like all right you know credit score political views 
are you ready to be a mom with me? You're ready to lock this thing down. Like with lock, me. Joint let's bank go. Accounts. Yeah, and I'm and I'm like, hey, can I borrow money for therapy? <laughs> like I've done that, you know, and that freaked him out. Oh, like yeah. I'm just too anxious to, you know. And so I think like just some time to to kind of sit back and like absorb all of this instead <laughs> of running from it, you mm-hmm. know. I just sat back and absorbed everything, like all of your guidelines that you just said, and I'm realizing that if any if if a straight woman would have brought that to the table and asked me those questions, I would have failed every single one. <laughs> every single yeah. one. God damn. Well, for you, I mean, where are we headed? Are you feeling like you're getting stronger in all of this and your resolve and your understanding about your sexuality and who you are as a person? Yeah. And kind of like, um, you know, like I don't know why I'm gay. I don't, I don't. No, like there's this deep, I'm very analytical. And so I want to know like, okay, but why? Why am I, what does that mean? Where does it come from? And I've just kind of come to the resolution that like, it doesn't really matter. It's what I like. And I don't know if it's biological, but I know that I have special feelings for girls. And like, that was really exciting for a while. And I kind of ran that into the ground a little bit. And like, now I'm facing myself for the first time in my life. Like all of this trauma and all of these things and like really examining everything and doing like really deep work and EMDR and, you know, it's really hard. And like I lay in bed at night and I cry a lot and it's it's not fun. You know what I mean? But there's this this element of excitement to it because like because like now there's nothing stopping me. Like I'm not in a relationship that I'm trying to get out of. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not repressed by you know, my childhood home and my parents anymore. Like, it's just me now. And so it's like, I think if, if somebody can have the, the courage to like turn around and ask themselves who they are and what they want and actually do something about it, then you're unstoppable. And, and there's, there's these quote, you know, you hear these quotes like, we're not afraid of our failure, we're afraid of our, the power of our success. And I'm like on that journey, man, because this is like the hardest thing that I've ever had to do. You know, everybody kind of like has a thing. And mine is like, I guess I have like four things. You know, we got some codependency, some homosexuality and like trauma and like and like just just fucking triumphing through it all. Right. You know what I mean? I didn't think I could like last year. I was really suicidal. You know what I mean? And, 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 And I was like, I hate this. Yeah. I hate being alive. And it sucked so far. And so I think if you can like kind of like look in the mirror and be and like figure out how to live for you, you know, and not somebody else, not the person that you love or what your friends are going to think or, or what you think society wants you to do. It's, it's sitting with those dark nights of the soul and asking yourself, what the fuck am I doing here? Like maybe I don't understand the world. You know, and maybe I don't understand war and why we're here and maybe none of it really makes any sense, but maybe I don't have to understand. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just have to find out what I like to do, you know, and like bring joy into people's lives, you know, and, and I can be very cynical at times and, and like, it's just, it's easy. It's so easy to sit back and just be like judging everyone and be like, well, I want to die. Being alive sucks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's easy. You know, what's hard is to look at why and to take accountability for why you're, what for me, why, why I hated everything and everyone and not just be a dick in the back row. You know what I mean? And because that's, it's harder. It's harder to examine yourself and to find something out of that one little gem, you know what I mean? And go after it. And like, I don't know what that is yet. You know, I'm exploring 
music and the guitar and I got a keyboard. I, I wrote like a chapter of a book. Yeah? Yeah, it's called The Taste of Suicide. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's, that's some heavy shit. It is. It's really heavy. I mean, I got some heavy stuff, you know, and like it's because of last year the way that I would look up at the tops of buildings and kind of gaze at them as if I had a crush on them. Like, oh, that is not looking bad, you know, and it got really dark and like, I don't know. I don't, I think that people need hope like I, I hope I hope maybe I could publish it someday and find like a girl in a bookstore or my book will find her and like she's about to give up you know and I'm like dude just hold on just just a little bit longer there it is you know dude. and that's I, what yeah I so, can I can like totally relate to what you're saying you know like yeah. five, you know six seven months ago now <clears throat> I uh you know there's a certain way that a lot of people who successfully maintain long-term sobriety go about doing that right um that works for a lot of people and it worked for me too um but then um it's exactly what you said right like i uh i essentially had to take a different route right which is it's almost identical to um coda or whatever codependence yeah um it's almost identical right but getting every single leaving no single rock unturned right because I, I wouldn't say that I was necessarily suicidal, but I was the most broken that I'd ever been. Like all I wanted was to get that f breath of fresh air swimming towards the top of the pool, you know, when it felt like a cinder block was tied to my ankle. Mm. And uh, I couldn't get it. I just couldn't fucking get it because I didn't understand. It, it's like exactly what you were saying, you know? And then I had somebody take me through it and write all this shit down on paper, right? Every single aspect of my life. You know, and finding out what my actual true fears are and my true um, things that I thoroughly enjoy, things like that, right? It's like such a moving experience, dude. It's wild. Like, I completely understand what you're saying. It's yeah. so well, awesome and, that you And did you're that. a real dragon slayer out here. Like, when you just went on that tangent talking about the dark nights, you know, and tearing <laughs> things apart. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's scary when people share about, you know, like you were saying, you're uh, fantasizing about not living, you know, oh, and, yeah. and that's that's scary stuff to be talking about. And the fact that you're so liberated right now, you know, you've yeah. kind of cut all your ties and um, and right now there's really no excuse. You know, you're like you're not pretending to be anything. You're just turning those rocks over, you know, and so did you have to was there a certain amount of misery that had to happen for you in order to become as willing as you are to be tearing this stuff up or or how did you essentially begin this work like where did that come from the ability to look at all this stuff and be ready to take it on and to be willing to sacrifice you know not dating for a while it sounds like you're really doing this stuff you yeah. know like you're really on a journey did it just it just clicked during all of this for you. Yeah, well, starting to date women like brought about this whole new dynamic to relationships because I actually was emotionally invested. Yeah. And it's not like you're not emotional. I wasn't, I was emotionally invested in a different way. You know what I mean? And that brought everything up because yeah. it was much different than dating men, you know, because I liked, liked men. It, it's just different. Like mm -hmm. it's way more emotional. 
you know and so and so i found myself like like i said kind of like chasing to fill this void right and it it was a mission Mm -hmm. it wasn't just like this okay it was like i need to complete my family you know what i mean and i will do whatever that takes and a lot of it was for jack and a lot of it was delusional and it it did a lot of damage to me Mm -hmm. and the people that i dated i really hurt them and i really hurt myself and I just started to slowly, like I went, I declined. Like I, my, I started deteriorating, you know, like my soul did, you know, and, and I didn't really know how to get out. And so what I did is I started seeing this psychoanalytical therapist. She was very, very like, she was like Freudian and like she studied at the Young Institute in San Francisco. And so she was like, really smoke and mirrors, you know what I mean? And I was like, let's do this. Like I'm ready because what had happened is I started getting panic attacks, right? Like all this is coming out. It, it kind of just caught up with me. It was almost like a slingshot. And honestly, like I'm seeing this therapist and we're diving into this deep work because I do want to get better, but I don't know how and she's going to help me, right? And I kind of had all my eggs in one basket with her, which is my first mistake. The second mistake is Jungian like psychotherapy is for... And I could be completely wrong, mm-hmm. but it's more for people later in life. And like, I just didn't need to be exploring my psyche. Like I needed coping mechanisms, you know what I mean? And I didn't know that. And I thought that she would know that. And um, it didn't go well. So we're diving into my psyche. And all I'm fucking doing is trying to get better, right? <laughs> like I'm making an honest fucking effort. Perpetuating an existential crisis. Dog, right I know. It was so bad. It was fucked up. So that broke me, you know? And I had like one breakdown in her office. And, and one morning I woke up. It was one day. You know, I woke up and I couldn't breathe and it was 4 a.m. And I remembered everything. I I remembered the rape. I remembered my childhood. I remember hearing my mom getting raped at night, you know, and and I realized that I was gay and I realized I didn't have Bryce anymore. And I realized that I was about to be evicted because my relationship became more important than my responsibilities. You know, making sure that they loved me was more important than paying rent on time, you know what I mean? Or getting a better job, you know? It it became my sole purpose was to find somebody to fill this void because I don't have an identity. Mm -hmm. I don't have one and I need yours, you know? I need you to validate my existence because I don't know how to validate my own. And that's when I realized Mm -hmm. like, maybe I should learn how to validate my own existence, (laughs) you know? And it's just like, that's kind of what happened. So I woke up and I'm having these panic attacks and these nightmares and I'm sweating and shaking and I couldn't eat for a few months. It was really gnarly. And later I found out it was panic disorder, which is like really fucked up, dude. It is the most terrifying experience I've ever had. It was worse than any of my trauma, anything that I've been through. Like going through having panic disorder was like completely disorienting and it was gnarly Mm -hmm. you pretty much like just get afraid of panic attacks and that's kind of like what what propelled it you know Mm. was that day and i couldn't eat for a while and i was like okay something's off you know Mm -hmm. well you're in the light now huh yeah i still i have like a tight chest a lot but i'm way more comfortable with myself like i feel it in here and a panic attack for me is like so i woke up and like i couldn't breathe and like i i didn't really know what they were like oh panic attack you know it's nothing it didn't mean anything but really for me what it is is like so my whole body gets really hot and there's like these chills that go all the way down 
Um, and so there's a physiological response, but there's also like an emotional and mental response too, because something crazy is happening to your body. And really what it is, is like I've learned through books and, and things like that, that your amygdala, like the fear center of your brain basically, you know, mine or maybe someone with a lot of childhood trauma has been hardwired to not feel safe, you know? So you're always kind of like in this adrenalized state. You're always kind of heightened, kind of on guard. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, so everything around me started falling apart and in my brain is like, you're not safe. You're not safe. And I, I wasn't, but it's also very overreactive. Mm -hmm. But also there's part of me that is like, I needed something really bad to happen. Like I needed to either do drugs or, you know, thank fucking God it came with the mask of panic disorder because like I don't know what would have happened if I would have went back to drugs and alcohol you know um so it's really scary and then like your mind starts doing these things too because your body's freaking out and you can't control that part at least I didn't know how mm -hmm. you know what I mean so now the in the in the AA the the therapist is like she's like you know we're doing all this deep work but I don't trust her I forgot to add that element because she doesn't like AA right she said AA makes people depressed you don't need to go you can replace it with therapy and this is a woman with a a PhD and, and I'm like well fuck yeah I don't want to go to meetings all the time and like that's a good way to start your people. young therapy there though to, to right like, dude challenge that <laughs> all yeah. your belief systems are shaken it was it was very existential yeah yeah you know and so I just woke up and it was like it just all shot through me you know and how long ago was this this was actually is it july mm -hmm. it was a year ago this this month okay yeah is it it was july 23rd holy shit yeah you remember the day i do because i texted my therapist and i said i'm having repeated panic attacks please help i don't know what to do okay so someone listening and they're going through maybe a tenth of what you're going through or some of what you have or anything like that um synthesize something for them as far as what's helped you give them a just like a minute because we're about to wrap up here of what you could say um or what direction you could point somebody in with the with the panic disorder with sure. the anxiety or the gay oh, the, who's got the gayness going on oh god yeah i would say anxiety if anyone freaks out like that it's really fucking scary and you can call me and I will help you. But what I had to do because I didn't trust my therapist and I didn't trust my sponsor is I used Google. Like I had to repress and cure my panic disorder like with Google. And I know there's like so many negative connotations, but I didn't read the bad stuff. Like there's so many people out there like on Reddit, there's like subreddits and like that helped so much it was like how to get through a panic attack you can make a panic diary this is how you breathe and like breathing sounds like bullshit but it sends messages to your brain and calms you down you know what i mean and if you're gay like it's okay <laughs> yeah you dude. know honestly um we've spoken i've I, we've known each other in passing um very very powerful stuff I'm excited for you to rehear it because I think that you um, are a powerful person and I am really excited hopefully to be able to sit down with you in a year and hear about some of the really heavy things that you've been working on and hear you know what solace you're getting out of them but for me uh, you challenged a lot of my thoughts 
And um, I honestly couldn't have asked for a better conversation. So thank you so much for coming on. Agreed. Thanks, guys. All right, we're out of here. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Nick, for showing up. Always, anytime. Yeah, dude. All right, see you guys.